Real kids, real questions. Hi everyone, and thanks for listening to Kids Cues. I'm Kate. And I'm Dylan. And today we're talking about rubbish, recycling and litterers. For decades in Australia and around the world, waste would be burnt in massive incinerators and people would burn household rubbish in their backyards. But thankfully, burning rubbish was banned because of the terrible environmental impacts on the earth. But, of course, all that rubbish had to go somewhere, with much of it going to rubbish tips and landfill. And this is very hard to believe, but 50 years ago, industrial waste was even dumped in the ocean and illegally in bushland. Absolutely outrageous. Yeah, what were they thinking? Luckily, by the 1970s, public concern about rubbish exploded and interests in recycling grew. It was around this time that Keep Australia Beautiful was established and the famous Keep Australia Beautiful Week was launched by then Prime Minister Gough Whitlam. In launching its campaign, I appeal to every Australian to get behind this first national anti-litter week. Almost 50 years later, Keep Australia Beautiful is the nation's leading independent network striving to reduce litter. And we are very excited to be speaking with the head of Keep Australia Beautiful, Val Southam. Thank you so much for joining us on Kids Cues. You're welcome. Now, you've been in the waste, recycling and environment industries for nearly 20 years. Longer than we have been alive. Yes. Indeed. (laughs) Are we making any progress as a country? Because this is a very big concern for us kids. Look, we are making progress. We really are. There's still lots of work to be done, but there's lots of great things happening. There's a pretty worrying statistic that we read that at the age of 15, younger people start littering more and then they turn into lifelong litterers. Is this true? There's some indication that when kids get into their teenage years, that they don't have the same sort of uh, caring thoughts that younger children have. So it is certainly true. But we're doing lots of education and trying to uh, to change that. And I think if we start kids young enough and they start early and then they keep working on things through their life, then they can certainly change. Yeah, well, we've just got to prevent it from becoming a habit. Yes. We do, exactly. So to all the kids listening to this podcast right now, there's a challenge I'm going to give you. Don't start littering after you've turned 15. Well, the kids at Swanview Primary School would like to dig a little deeper into the rubbish and recycling process. This is our first question from Harley. We've heard that all rubbish collected goes to landfill, so why should we separate it? You do hear some of those stories, I'll admit it, and some rubbish does end up going to landfill, of course. But if you separate it in your recycling bin, as long as you don't put any contaminated items in there or you don't wrap them up in plastic bags so that the machines can't separate them out, then those products are generally going to recycling. So not all waste goes to landfill, but it's important that we separate our rubbish Exactly. We need to separate our recycling from our rubbish. So there are some things that go to landfill because there isn't another use for them at this point. And there are lots of things that can be recycled and you would be putting those, I hope, in your yellow bins, at yellow top bins at home. Most people in the country have those and they are the things that typically take your bottles and cans and paper and things like that. That, that actually there are markets for to recycle and they go into other products. Yeah, well, it's good that we have a solid recycling system in place, even if it does need a little improvement in some places. 
Now Harmony would like to know what happens once all the bins are picked up. What happens to our recycling after the garbage truck takes it? When the garbage truck picks it up, it's normally picked up in one of those automated bins that you'll see and it all gets tipped into a bin and into a big truck and it might look as if it's all being put together, but it goes to a materials recovery facility, which is normally an automated system where a machine sorts out the various things, like a magnet picks up the steel food cans and some air blows the lightweight aluminium cans off and sometimes there are people on a sorting line that sort out products it depends different areas have different systems but it all goes away and gets sorted and then is made into new products again that's a very interesting process wouldn't it be a bit yucky (laughs) for the people (laughs) on the sorting lines I'd just like to say that's also very smart using like a magnet. I, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, your kids should go and have a look at a recycling facility as part of your education at some point. Uh, it's fabulous to see actually what happens and then you understand why you need to sort out certain things when you see how they're, how they're dealt with at the other end. Yeah, I think in year four we did actually go on an excursion to a recycling facility and we would like to know what percentage of our recyclable rubbish actually gets reused. It really does depend, I must be honest. Most things in the yellow bin can be recycled, but there is more than just your domestic rubbish and things like that. There are things like timber items, old televisions, things that don't go in the normal recycling bin that also get reprocessed and recycled. So it's hard to give a percentage as such because it depends on the product and what the market is to make it into something else. Because I'm sure you would understand that There is no point in making a product if no one's going to buy it or there's nothing to make it into. Now, Karis is curious about rubbish tips and their capacity. What happens when our tips get full? When the tips get full, they get a capping, a special capping put on them to seal them off so that the the rubbish is all sealed and can't escape anywhere. And then the, the actual rubbish tip itself has to be rehabilitated. So they grow grass and trees and plants and things and put it back to where it was before they dug the really big hole, which they dug to put the landfill materials in. So when it gets full, they have to dig another one. So that's why we should reduce what we put into the landfill, because when they fill up, we have to dig another hole. And that's very expensive. Also, it's not very good for the environment either. It's not, no. It's certainly much better if we didn't bury it there at all. So uh, that's our challenge is to try to find new things that we can make out of our recyclables so that we don't have to throw them away. Do you know exactly how many landfill sites are around Australia? There are hundreds of landfill sites around Australia and that's because it's still the cheapest option for things that can't be recycled. It's cheaper to bury them than to do anything else. But there are other things that they can be used for, like you can burn some waste and create energy. So there are other options, but they you have to work out what's the most cost-effective way to do that. I think that sometimes we need to stop thinking about the economy and more for the future of our Earth. We do indeed. Now, Rutvi would like to know about other options for getting rid of waste. Other than landfill and incinerating, what else can we do to reduce rubbish? The most important thing we can do is to use less to start with. So instead of buying a bottle of something that you're then going to throw away, so you use a recyclable bottle. When you take your lunch to school, for example, then you put it in a plastic 
lunchbox that's reusable. You don't have all that packaging. Buy things in bulk. There are lots of things that we can all do to reduce how much we use ourselves. I think schools need to start taking a bit more action with the whole lunchbox and aluminium foil with the recyclable containers. And I know a lot of schools do. And also in canteens, all that plastic packaging is not good. Yeah, it's not good. Mm, it's, It's great if people can bring things from home that don't have a whole lot of packaging. And what we do at Keep Australia Beautiful is in some areas we actually teach some things at school and we have what we call a nude lunch day, which where people, everyone brings their lunch and it's got no packaging in it whatsoever and it's a great challenge. Yeah, we have something called Waste Free Wednesday at our school. Indeed, yes, it sounds like the very same thing and that's an excellent idea because it it really isn't necessary to use all that material every time you take your lunch. Lily is curious about innovation in recycling. Are there new ideas or options for reducing, reusing and recycling materials? Wow, that's a big question. Look, there's lots of things happening for different recycling things. If you look at things like uh, televisions and mobile phones and all that technology and things that we have, There's lots of innovation there, making them into new things. You know, when you think about old car tyres and things like that that are used and they can't be reused again, and then they chop up the rubber and make it into uh, asphalt and playgrounds. There's lots of really great things that are actually happening with a whole range of products. It's it's quite an interesting uh, industry to work in. Yeah, so obviously there are a lot of smart people doing a lot of really smart things. Now, has COVID-19 had an impact on the volume of rubbish being created because of all those plastic gloves and packaging used? We are starting to see a lot more of those gloves and masks, uh, especially in the states where they have to be used all the time. We're starting to see them even on the ground as litter now, not just in, uh, in bins. So... Yes, it has It has created that and people are having a lot more things wrapped in plastic because people don't want to touch things, so that's creating more waste. So it has had a certain effect and it's very important that we, um, that we do that because we have to think about health first at this point in time. And I guess with more throwaway containers, plastics, like Kate said, people are littering more, which is why you need campaigns such as this one. Take away your takeaway packaging and keep Australia beautiful. We have lots of campaigns that are meant to change behaviour and we really think that it's, it's lovely that people pick up litter and it's lovely that people do things, but the most important thing is to actually change people's behaviour before those things actually become litter. Maybe the fines need to be higher for littering because, as Mia mentions, there are very serious impacts as a result of rubbish pollution. How does rubbish in waterways affect animals and which animals are the most affected? There's lots of different animals that are affected by wasting waterways. I think the most important one is where you have turtles and those sorts of animals in the ocean that get caught up in plastic. You've probably seen some of those horrible pictures where they get caught in things and they think that floating plastic bags are jellyfish so they try to eat them and then they swallow them so you've not only got the actual animals themselves that can be injured from all these things but also the little pieces of plastic that are in the ocean they break down into little tiny tiny pieces and then the fish 
think that they're edible and the fish eat them. And you may have seen also lots of very nasty photographs when they open up a fish and its whole stomach is full of tiny pieces of plastic. So it's really important that things don't get littered and that they don't end up in the water so that they don't wash out to the ocean so that the fish and the marine animals don't get them. In a previous podcast, we found out that just one piece of plastic is enough to kill an entire sea turtle, which is really terrible. And this brings us to our next question from Isla. Why do you think people continue to pollute even though they know that it is bad for the environment? I think some people are just a bit lazy and some people just don't care. And it's very hard to know why people do it because everyone learns the same as you guys do at school. Everybody hears the same messages. So why don't some people listen? I, I just think maybe they just, they're just too busy and they don't think about it enough. But I think it's our job, all of us that do care about it, to make sure that we catch up with people who are doing something and we nicely remind them that that's not the right thing to do. I mean, if we don't share and show leadership, then who's going to? Well, hopefully we'll be the next generation of non-literers, especially when we all turn 15. (laughs) Well, Val Southern, thanks so much for your time on Kids Cues. We really appreciate it. It's been great, Kate and Dylan, and lovely talking to you. And thanks to the Year 5s and 6s from Swanview Primary School. Next week on Kids Cues, we're going to be speaking with a famous author, This is going to be really interesting, especially if, like me, you've ever dreamed of writing or illustrating a book. Well, we hope you can join us then. And if you haven't already subscribed to Kids Cues, you can do that by simply hitting the download button to hear all the previous episodes. Well, that's it from us. Until then, bye bye for now. Kids Cues, brought to you by the West Australian's Ed Magazine and 7West Media Education.